You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call, as today your Indiana Hoosiers defeat the University of Indianapolis 74-52 in Indiana's first exhibition game of the 2023-24 season, a game that was a little bit closer than uh, than anyone would have liked in the first half, with UIndy actually taking a two-point lead into halftime, but Indiana outscores them 49-25 to in the second half en route to the 22-point victory, so obviously lots to discuss on some things that didn't go well in the first half and then what Indiana did in the second half to uh, end up winning the game comfortably. I'm your host, Jared Morris, here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we are going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. And let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. Um, And, you know, for me, I really thought the story of this game was the bench for Indiana, both in the first half and the second half. And so for the banner moment, I'm actually going to pick out a couple of moments from each half that really showed that. You know, the first half, gosh, it felt like it was five to five forever. Uh, And then the bench unit came in, and specifically Peyton Sparks and CJ Gunn really did a lot of things just with their hustle, uh, with their ability to make shots to kind of get Indiana going. Uh, Peyton Sparks got a rebound on a missed CJ Gunn three-pointer, toss it out to Anthony Leal, back to Sparks, had a nice little spin move for a bucket, and then CJ would score on a couple straight possessions, uh, one of those on a really nice assist from Peyton Sparks. And even though Indiana wasn't able to maintain the lead that those guys got, it was really probably the best stretch of basketball from Indiana in the first half. And then again in the second half, even though the starters came out, played with more purpose, and had extended the lead, Indiana really put their stamp on the game with the sequence where Anthony Walker scored twice against the zone, uh, you know, once on a nice little drive, once on a, a nice little fadeaway, and that was interspersed with Gabe Cups playing some incredible defense in the backcourt, getting deflections, uh, and ending up uh, holding uh, the U Indy guy to a backcourt violation, which got Indiana the ball back. And so in the first half, it was Peyton and CJ. In the second half, it was Anthony Walker and Gabe Cups, but the bench coming in and not just playing with energy and effort, but really playing with focus and making some important plays uh, you know, during stretches where Indiana's starting unit had been struggling uh, a little bit, and we'll talk about all the reasons why. And of course, you know, really the biggest uh, you know, storyline of this game coming out of it is Peyton Sparks' injury. You know, late in the second half, ends up going down uh, hard while, while trying to lead the break or going down awkwardly, uh, was able to sit on the bench. They were icing him for a while, but he did go back to the locker room uh, with about three minutes to go. And so obviously we all believe that Peyton is going to you know, have a huge impact on this Indiana team this season. And so hopefully he is okay and that you know, does not end up being as bad as it looks um, when he initially went down. But that is the banner moment. And now let's talk about our presenting sponsor for this episode. Yes, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their seventh season, sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their third as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And I don't know about you, where you live, but today here in Dallas, it was crew neck weather, ladies and gentlemen. So I busted out my Indiana crew neck. It's about 45 degrees here, nice and chilly, perfect weather for a home field hoodie, for a home field crew neck. Uh, and look, they have the best selection of vintage IU apparel that you're going to find anywhere. So as you're looking to get your wardrobe ready for the winter, 
go to homefieldapparel.com. You're also going to want to go there to do your Christmas shopping because they have something for everybody with over 150 different schools represented. Uh, and, you know, you know their thing. They go back and they find these great logos and brand marks that aren't being used. Bring them back, breathe new life into them. Uh, and it's just, you know, a wonderful company based in Indianapolis that came up through the Kelly School. And so we've greatly appreciated their support over the years. We love supporting them. And so we highly recommend that you go check them out. And when you do, when you go to homefieldapparel.com, you can use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your first order. That is promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. All right, time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Coach, we will start with you. Uh, It is Tonsoni time. Your thoughts on this Indiana performance? Well, the second half was much needed uh, for the team and for all of us. Uh, the, the first half, you mentioned some good play from the second unit, but the first half was very forgettable. Um, there, there wasn't much, and, and you can you can attribute that to whatever you want, a bunch of new guys, first game and all that, but it's bad basketball. Uh, it was simply bad defensive rotation, sloppy on offense, not being strong at the rim, not scoring baskets. And then the second half – it was completely opposite. So what happens is sometimes you need that kind of performance so Coach Woodson can go in there and get in get in your grill. And he did a great job uh, of really motivating these young men because you saw it, uh, and we talked about what to look at in exhibitions. Their stances were better. Their sprinting down the floor was better. Their blocking out was better. All the things that aren't on a stat sheet was better. And guess what happened? The stat sheet got better. So, you know, uh, Mbako was in a great stance. I thought his defense was horrible in the first half, short of a play or two. In the second half, he was a dominant defensive player, which we worry about at the three. Uh, maybe a couple mistakes there. I thought Gabe Cups uh, was great all, all along. But the bottom line is now you got it on film. Gentlemen, you, you don't play with passion. You don't play with the fundamentals. Uh, you're going to be down 27-25. You come out and do it the Indiana way, uh, you're going to outscore opponents uh, and be able to play uh, that way. And there's a lot of individual stuff that I'll talk about throughout the show, but it was just a tale of two halves. Uh, and, and it was much needed for this guy to see that, okay, that, 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 that's what Indiana basketball can be uh, with cleaning up some stuff. It'll be even better. So tale of two halves uh, and a good start. A lot of stuff on film uh, to get better before Friday's exhibition. Yep. Ryan, over to you, your rant. First one of the season. I know, right? Everybody's brimming with anticipation. Uh, no, I, I'll say this. I, I'm, I'm so happy to have actual basketball back to talk about. I complain more than anybody in the offseason that it's just kind of trying to find things to talk about. So we finally have stuff to talk about. Uh, mixed emotions in this one, though, because I'm excited for that. And then uh, this game at times made me want to rip my eyeballs out of my head. Uh, so thank you to the boys for the second half performance for sort of settling in because that first half was rough. And Again, to be expected, a lot of guys who haven't played together before, maybe some adrenaline, maybe some nerves. I, but you know, they missed how many shots at the rim did they miss in the first half that were just bunnies? And, uh, so you know, I, I think that second half they definitely settled in, showed their quality, showed that they're a much more talented team and, and sort of overwhelmed in that. Gabe Cup showed exactly what we thought, which is that he's going to be a player that opposing fan bases absolutely hate for four years. Um, just as a pest, I, I really loved watching that. Um, and I think it's pretty clear uh, Mackenzie Mbaco is going to be Indiana's best player, whether he leads them in statistically or whatever. That, that's, that's a legit NBA guy right there. 
And uh, so my takeaways were that and that I, I think that the the one concern I have, and we'll get into it, is three point shooting. Uh, they just didn't take enough three pointers. Uh, they, the, you know, that's a concern we've had with Mike Woodson's offense the first two seasons, and then today to only take what well, they take nine of them or something ten. for an ten for an entire game, uh, and only made three. It's a concern moving forward because this team's going to have to shoot the three to keep pace in the Big Ten. Yeah, it is. All right, let's dive into the other biggest storylines from today's game. Do just want to give you a quick reminder uh, to sign up for the free IU Hoops email newsletter. We're on Substack now, assemblycall.com slash substack.com. You'll get our free six-banner Sunday IU basketball news roundup every week. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff there for premium subscribers too. So check that out at assemblycall.com slash assemblycall.substack.com. You know, Coach, one thing I do want to say right off the bat here is I do want to give some credit to UIndy. I thought they played really hard. And I think that's really good for an exhibition opponent, you know, to come in. They they weren't going through the motions, especially defensively. And so I do think offensively, Indiana was clearly disjointed. I do want to give a little bit of credit there to you, Indy. Now, you know, Indiana overwhelms them athletically and in terms of talent. So that shouldn't stifle Indiana offensively as much as it does. But we always come on here hyper-focus on Indiana. And so I do want to give some credit uh, to the opponents. But... You know, I thought offensively in the first half, the story was just how many easy shots Indiana missed. You know, Indiana could have been up 10, 12 points in the first half, even with how bad they played elsewhere, by just making bunnies. You know, and the question to me is, okay, does Kalel just struggle to score in close? Is, you know, is is Malik not as efficient as he used to be? Or is this just guys that maybe are lacking a little bit of focus and aren't quite as locked in right now. And I think what we saw with some of the finishing in the second half is it was probably more of the latter. Um, But what I'm interested in is from an offensive perspective, you know, we've been talking about how much different is the offense going to look, you know, and again, I thought the offense created some opportunities in transition in half court that Indiana wasn't able to take advantage of in the first half by finishing. But what did you see in terms of what Indiana was trying to do and what some of the differences were from what we've seen the last two years? I, I'm not sure I saw a whole lot of differences. Um, I, they, they ran a lot of the, the same actions that they, they ran before. Um, and, and, you know, I think they're going to go to more of that high post stuff. They, you know, some five out stuff eventually. I thought that was very effective, but they ran some of that with Trace Jackson Davis last year when, when he would catch at the high post and then dribble at a guy. Um, Sparks had a couple nice passes out of that kind of action, but, um, when they needed uh, a, a basket, they posted up Renew and ran that little rub screen that Tony puts in the thing, and they threw it into Renew. Second half, um, you know, you see X uh, bouncing his hand like this if you're watching, uh, and that means uh, we're going to throw, we're going to come off a floppy screen and throw it into the post, and they did, and they scored. So uh, that was stuff that they ran ran last year. I. It, when you watch it live, you kind of want to write some stuff down. Um, it's better to always go back, and this is why coaches say I got to watch film because you can slow it down and see. But I don't know that I saw um, a whole lot of different actions um, uh, offensively. I, I thought the ball di- the ball didn't move as crisply. I, I love that word you used the other night. Uh, it wasn't crisp. The passing wasn't very good most of the game, but really bad in the first half. And I think what happens when you miss at the rim, you're going to score uh, in some kind of stylish way or something. You're, you're not focused or you think it's going to be an easy shot. You avoid contact, the dipsy-do layups, all that. If you just go hard, you're either going to score or get fouled. 
Um, and, and I think there was uh, a little bit of, of the Indiana was too cute in the first half around the rim. You saw Khalil Ware dunk the ball uh, three or four times in the second half, like dunk the basketball. Go with a purpose. I, I don't think Indiana went with a, a purpose other than they had an opportunity at the rim. Um, and, and I think that has to be cleaned up. You just got to go to score, not, not to be – you know, cute. I, I think sometimes too that we take shots at the rim that aren't there uh, with rim protection, and they had the seven footer. I thought there were times. I thought, um, who was it? Uh, X or Galloway missed a base. They did a baseline dipsy do underneath the rim, and there was a guy wide open. I think CJ Gunn was wide open for three. You combine yeah. that with the lack of shooting threes, like drive to score or drive to make a teammate a shot. The three point shot from a drive is just. It's good. It's wide open. I thought we missed two or three of those. And so when you go and you're taking shots, contested twos at the rim are bad. Just because it's at the rim, everyone thinks you should make it. If it's a clean one, yeah, but you got seven footers and bodies and everything. If you have a bunch of traffic in there, there's openings uh, elsewhere. I thought all that combined to Indiana's lackadaisical scoring uh, at the rim. Ryan, what did you see offensively? You mentioned in your opening statement the three-point shooting. Indiana goes three for ten. Just for context, in last year's exhibition games, Indiana took 19 in both of them. And yeah. we were still on here saying, hey, we're not shooting enough threes. So obviously, and, and that was something, I think that complaint was mitigated a little bit as the season went on because you're like, all right, Trace and Jalen are like the two things this offense can count on. I guess I understand why they're Either focusing one's a three on point shooter more yeah. than the threes, but you don't have that argument with this year's team. No, and and, and I think that you saw guys passing them up too. I, I saw a number of guys with good looks just kind of keep the ball moving, and maybe that's just unselfishness. Maybe it's the first game. I mean, you can't you can't draw too many conclusions from from one yeah. game, and and especially an exhibition where guys again haven't played together before in a game setting. So I, I think that it's you know I don't want to make any huge judgments based on this. It's just the offense is clearly geared to get either a pick and roll drive or a post up, and I and I think that. All offseason, Mike Woodson and the other coaches have said, we're going to change. We're going to change. We're going to change. We're gonna, we finally have a lineup that we're going to go in a different direction. We had to do that because of Trace Jackson Davis and all of this stuff. Trace Jackson Davis is gone. And so it's just going to be interesting. And again, I'm not saying that won't happen. It's just from one small sample size, you're kind of like, kind of looks like last year. It's if you had some more big to big screening. I think, uh, you know, Coach and Andy talked about that, some high low action, uh, some things like that, where you've got three guys who are you know, three essential big guys in your starting lineup because Mbako's out on the three at six, eight. Um, so I, I, again, will be interesting to see how this plays out. You saw Khalil Ware nail one at the end. It's kind of like, let's see some more of that, please, because we know he has that tool in his bag. Uh, Mbako nailed one. And I think that he's a guy who's going to need to shoot some more from out there. He passed up a couple. Uh, CJ Gunn over two. He's, he's, Got to make those shots. I mean, CJ Gunn, I love his energy. I love how he plays, how hard he plays, all of that stuff on both ends of the floor. But his value is exponentially higher if he's hitting threes. So, again, small sample size, but it looked, you know, some parts of the offense looked a lot like last year. And that's not good because, again, this team needs to be able to hit threes to keep pace with the rest of college basketball, not just the big 10, but the rest of college basketball. It's a, it, I mean, it's a huge part of what everybody's doing and Indiana feels like they're a step behind. So hopefully moving forward, this is on film. Maybe they tell them, Hey, pull the trigger on these. We need them. 
You got to hope Ryan that 15 points from the three point line today. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was a regular occurrence over the last two years as well. Yeah. You got to hope that maybe they're holding something, you know, in these exhibitions, let's do what we've done. You know, we can win this and we can get people going by what we've done, but that's a hope, right? Yeah. We just haven't seen it. The, the, the variance, the five out, uh, the, the options to get a shooter, a three, uh, not just a kick out three. Um, but maybe there's some component of, hey, we want to wait till we get into some competitive games to to run some new stuff. That 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 could be it. But it it does look awful familiar uh, to to what we've run in the past. I'll also say I thought that you know some of the guys looked a little. I mean, Xavier Johnson looked a little. You know, like it took him a while to kind of get into being in a game setting, and he's a guy who obviously is has a ton of energy when he plays. And I think that maybe it was a little over enthusiastic early, and then he sort of settled in and looked like, okay, I'm a point guard running the show and can also uh, score some. So a couple of guys just, you know, they just looked a little off. I thought the one guy who did not show any of that was Anthony Walker. And he just jumped in, was like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. I, I, I will say the same about Peyton Sparks as well. And obviously we're concerned about the injury and everything, but everybody seemed to be reacting to it like it wasn't that big a deal. Mike Woodson had a big smile on his face, you know, when they were helping him up. So we'll hope that it's not that big a deal. Um, but yeah, Anthony Walker jumped in and was just kind of like ready, like it was a regular season game. So other than that, I think everybody kind of felt their way into the game a little bit. Um, and, and again, yeah. natural to see that happen. And look, Walker and Sparks have played a lot of basketball. Yes. Those guys have played a lot. And so it's not that surprising that they were able to come in, you know, against some of the UND backups also and and be productive. So you don't want to overreact. But I think you got from those two guys exactly what you want, which is veteran leadership off the bench, playing hard, just out there making winning plays. And that's what both those guys did. Walker led him in plus minus. I mean, you know, I mean, again, flawed stat. We always say that, you know, here's your here's a yearly reminder. It's a flawed stat. But but I'll also say that you're right. And I also think that in these situations, it's a lot easier to come in off the bench with just pure energy. And, and, and to maybe, you know, for some guys that, that just is an easier way to enter a game like this is just, all right, I'm just going to go make something happen as opposed to the starters who try and, okay, we've got to get into our offense. Then we've got to set this up. Then we got to set that. Those guys can just come in and just affect the game. And and I, I thought that that's what they did. And look, you, Indy has no one that can handle them athletically. Of course not. (laughs) So again, you don't take much from it, but you saw exactly what you wanted to see. Last topic here for segment one coach. You know, the first exhibition game, the thing most people are, are all excited to see is the new guys. And so let's focus on McKenzie Mbako and Kalel Ware, the two new guys in the starting lineup. Both, you know, struggled early in the first half. Kalel couldn't finish. You know, McKenzie had just a few jitters, it, it looked like maybe, and just couldn't quite get in sync. But I thought, you know, two observations from the second half. You know, Kalel isn't going to be a guy that's going to create a ton of stuff for himself. But what he has to do is finish when the opportunities are there. When he gets that wide open three like he did at the end of the second half. When he gets the ball in a good position in the post. And in the second half, I just thought he was more alert and ready for his moments. And that's what you want to see from him. And then in terms of Mbako, I was just really impressed all through the second half with his ability to impact a game without scoring. You know, a young guy like that who's expected to score, you know, could you might expect a little bit of frustration if his shot's not falling. And that's not what happened. I mean, he went out there and rebounded. He played hard defensively in the second half and ended up, you know, he made that three late. 
I felt like that was the game paying him back, you know, because he had really played hard and, and found ways to impact the game and even found ways to score because he did get 14 points. You know, he would cut or he'd get a putback. And so I just thought for a freshman, it was really impressive to see the mental approach that he took to the game after struggling early, really finding a way to get it going in the second half. Yeah, I was really impressed with Mbako's second half. Uh, and again, I in these exhibition stats and, and results, you, you just have to take with a grain of salt. But he was locked in. And, and the one thing was his stance was a 1,000% better. He he got ripped at halftime, and he came out, and he, was, he, he had some deflections. Um, that's impacting without scoring. And guess what? He started to score. Um, you know, he – he has to get used to the college game, but he has to understand that he is a talent. Um, and I, I loved his shot fake. Uh, and I, I'm not a big pull up two guy too, I, I but knew you'd like if, that. if you got to drive closeouts, right, that that's something Miller cop couldn't do. Uh, and once he gets his, his sea legs here at the college level, he's going to go in and jam that, right. Or he's going to throw it up. Um, I, I thought what I saw from Mbako in the second half is just so exciting. Uh, because he's still got a lot of things to get better. He was lost defensively on where to be, when to get at the nail on that nail slot rim, and he, he was turning his head and laid on closeouts. But I thought in the second half his closeouts were better. Where where I got to figure out, uh, you know, is it just his demeanor? Is it just take him smooth? Uh, or, or is that his body? You know, it seemed to me like his body language was just taking a little bit of time. He blocked shots, and he dunked a basketball, and he hit a three. Those are things that he's got to do. Uh, and then the most impressive thing to, to second what you said is in the second half, he had a series where he had two really good closeouts on three point shots. Uh, and, and that was a little better effort, uh, at the end of the first half. And even in part of the second half, he just seemed like be going through the motions a little bit. And, and you just, again, maybe that's all that crap that we hear from why he left Oregon. It's embedded in our minds and we're, we're seeing something we're not, and you got to be fair to the young man. It's only one game, but Mbako looked even when he was messing up, he looked like he was out there, uh, really going after it. Uh, I didn't think the same thing with Ware, but Ware got double digits, eleven points, what six rebounds and a couple block shots. Fourteen, yeah, he finished uh, with fourteen points, or fourteen because he hit the three. Yeah. Uh, and I thought his effort could even be be better. And I'm sure Coach Woodson's probably going to say the same thing because that's his mo um, is is effort. And I, I saw both, um, but Mbako, woo. He, he he could be he could be really really good. Yeah, uh, as far as where goes, I just think I'm not going to really judge him until about January, the beginning of January. Given what he's Fair. been through, what he the issues he has, you know, and has had in the past, it's going to need to build up for him with effort, with you know how he fits, feeling comfortable, things like that. Baco feels like you could have plugged him into any team in the country, and he would have played pretty damn well. And, and and I will say, I, I hate this. He doesn't force anything. He lets everything come to him. You can just tell on the floor and Baco just knows how to play basketball. And it's and it sounds like a simple thing, but as a freshman, it often isn't. You know, he just seems so comfortable on the floor. And he, look at it. He If he makes the three free throws he missed, he's got 17 points, eight rebounds, yeah. you know, a block and two steals <laughs> and an exhibition in his first time on a college floor i mean when he's not expected to be leading the offense necessarily you're expecting xavier johnson to be that guy and and Baco just does it all with such an ease and he's only going to get better so I, I do think and i've said this about this team 
and and where is going to be a big part of that. I think that this team is going to take a while to get everybody on the same page. So many new players who haven't played together, so many young guys, so many guys you're expecting to step up like CJ Gunn and all that stuff. What I will say, though, is I think that this team is going to be getting better throughout the season. And so by about end of December, beginning of January, I think you're finally going to know what you have with this team. I don't think we're going to know for a while. And where is a big part of that? Yeah. Okay. Coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 22-point victory over the University of Indianapolis, we'll point out today's meaningful moments you might have missed and then go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. All right. Thank you, Jordan. You are listening to The Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's 74-52 to victory over the University of Indianapolis in the exhibition opener. Uh, and it's the top of segment two, so you know what that means. Meaningful moments that you might have that's right. It is time for today's Meaningful Moments You Might Have Missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans to learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans. Visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. Okay, guys, uh, a couple of individuals that I'd like to talk about in this segment and we'll start with the guy that, for me, was probably one of the two bigger disappointments uh, in this game, just kind of based on what I was expecting, especially from a returning player. And that was Malik Renew, um, who I thought just really struggled to get into any flow, uh, really both in the first half and the second half, you know, and finishes with 12 points and six boards and a couple of assists and, you know, certainly made some nice plays. Uh, but I don't take a ton from Malik finishing in the post against Indy because, He's pretty much going to be able to dominate them. Uh, you know what I thought really stood out uh, and was was just kind of a a lack of I don't know if it was focus or just you know attention to detail in this game from Malik. And I thought you really saw it on one play. I think it was midway through the first half. You know he missed a post move. You know wasn't able to to convert. And then goes you know his man got the rebound. He goes for a wild steal in the backcourt, which almost you know could have been a foul that you don't need him getting. And then he gets beaten down the other end for a layup. Mike Woodson was not happy. I think he took him out either right then or soon thereafter. Um, you know, and Ryan, again, you know, we're not going to overreact about anything today. I just thought for Malik, you know, you're you're trying to work in these new guys in Kalel Ware and McKenzie and Baco. I was expecting him to be a little bit more of a cohesive force offensively, um, and it just didn't didn't come through today. So I think we all have high hopes for Malik and good reasons. He just didn't quite seem to have the uh, the focus and consistency today that you'd like to see from him. Or coach can take that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, I I agree. I just think that it's it's going to take again. He's got to get used to also playing with two other bigs. And he's got to get used to the fact that Kalel sometimes is going to be in the, you know, where's going to be sometimes be in the post and he's going to have to move out. And you saw him out on the floor a little bit today, trying to sort of drive in and, and make some things happen. So I just think it's a comfort level. He has to finish at the rim though. I mean, he can't, you know, he was five of nine, which, okay, but you'd like, it's some of those he's got to finish. And so, yeah, there's got to be more energy. 
uh, six rebounds. I thought he missed on a couple there and, and allowed some offensive rebounds. Uh, so, and, and, you know, three personal fouls in, you know, how many minutes did he play? Uh, I don't see that listed here. Oh, 26. 26. So, you know, not the, you know, not, not the best, uh, performance there, especially against the considering the competition. But, um, yeah, I, I would like to see him just feel more confident. And that was one of the things we loved about him last year was his confidence, his absolute, just irrational confidence, no matter what the situation was. Uh, I'd like to see that a little bit more of that Malik, but, but we'll see again, there's a comfort level with these guys, uh, and he's going to be relied on heavily. How does he respond to that? Coach, any thoughts on Malik or anything stand out about his play? I, I, I don't think he played great, but I didn't have a problem with him at all. Here's the problem. We have three fives. We just have to be honest, and I understand everyone's been saying you got to put your best players out there and find a way, and Coach Woodson's going to have to do that. But we have three centers on this team. Malik needs to score down low. Ware needs to either pick and pop for a three or slam dunk the basketball, and Sparks is going to five. Uh, to be totally, totally honest, to, to jam a couple of those kids at the four – is probably necessary this year, and they're going to have to get better. Um, but I think any struggles, you know, um, can be attributed to that. You saw a lot of times there was only one of those players in at, at a time. They went to smaller lineups. That They had Walker and Baco and Renew at one time. Walker is more of a true four uh, in that kind of a, you know, can guard and do those things. Uh, I thought the first five were slow for the first seven, eight minutes. Yeah. Because you have two fives out there and uh, and a bigger three, uh, it's just what it is. Now you got to find a ways to win with it if that's your best players. But there's also something about your best combination. The reason the second unit played better in the first half is because they had smaller. Uh, they were a little bit smaller. They had Walker at the four and and Sparks at the five, and that's just more collegiate basketball. Um, and I'm going to harp on that all all year. And, and I think. Some of Renew and Ware's problems were trying to fit in 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 that situation, and the spacing of the floor and the lack of the threes. All of that is going to have to be watched all, all year long. Um, I, I just think we have three centers, um, and to find out how to best utilize them is going to be a, a tall task for for this coaching staff. You know, and to be fair, I mean, part of the formula for that working is supposed to be Kalel's ability to step out and shoot. And also Malik, you know, is supposed to have some of that in his game that we see this year. And we didn't see any of that in this game, you know, so maybe to your point earlier, coach, you know, they're running a lot of stuff that they did last year and they're getting Kalel and Malik on the block. And maybe we see that evolve uh, as we move forward. So again, no, you know, no overreactions to this, you know, just observing what we saw for 40 minutes, but we didn't see kind of the expanded game from Malik. Uh, I think that maybe we were looking to see, and we'll hope to see that moving forward. The other moment that stood out to me, and really it was a few moments from CJ Gunn, um, who I thought, again, really impacted the game with his energy early on. You can tell he's very assertive uh, as an offensive player looking to shoot. But Ryan, I'm really going to be curious to, to see your thoughts on this, because it's like CJ is assertive and confident right until the point where he's getting ready to release the ball yep. on his shot. And, you know, there were there was one time uh, in the second half, he got that little mid range jumper in transition and airballed it, you know, just go, went up and kind of short armed it. He had the shot at the end of the first half. I don't remember. Someone drove baseline and got him an open three. And he almost, I mean, he like turned his body while he shot it. And he had another one in the mid range uh, where his, you know, his feet completely split when he went up and shot it. And so I think what I'm saying is, 
you know, noticing some mechanical inconsistencies from him, and also just not quite the confidence that you would want to see. Um, I think you know, in in a first time out. Um, so curious to just get your assessment of CJ as a shooter specifically did some other things well today, you know, went three for eight. So he was able to make a few buckets, but two of five from the line, uh, and some of those really easy shots that he missed, um, really were more indicative of what we saw from him last year, I think, than what we're hoping to see this year. Yeah, it's in his head. I mean, it's all in his head. And I think that he all off season probably heard, well, you got to make threes. You got to make threes. You got to make threes. You got to be able to shoot, got to be able to shoot. And then it's, he's thinking about it. And and that's death to a shooter, as coach will tell you. The, lo- the more you think about it, the less chance you have to make it. You just have to instinctively shoot. And um, you'd hope that that goes away. He's been working very hard on it, all of that. But uh, yeah, I, I just would like to see him turn his brain off, you know. And and, and I, I I don't know when that switch is going to click. He's a young player. Um but I think his performance last year is is weighing on him this year, where he shot, I think, 8% from three for the season uh, when he came in as like, hey, this guy can shoot. So it's going to take something to, to, to flip that around. Coach? Yeah, a couple things. One, passing was not very good today, but there were a couple really good passes. One, Anthony Leo made a really nice pass into the post when Indiana was struggling to get one of our baskets to put us up two or four or something like that. He is a very good post passer. I don't know how much run he's going to get. I think he was backing up Mbako today, which tells you that, um, you know, with the injury um, to Banks, that 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 was his spot, but I thought he made the most of, of his ability to come in. But that pass is nice. Indiana has to sharpen their passes. Uh, and then the other one was uh, late against the zone press. Gabe Cups, uh, who just had a great, great game for the most part, uh, short of a, a, a missed layup that I think he could have kicked out or done something. But he didn't allow himself to get trapped. He knew the trap was coming. He anticipated the trap, and he knew where the players were going to be, and he caught and, and jumped in the air and released it real quick. And it, I think it ended up in a, a, a wear dunk um, at the other end uh, because then where you know, ran to the rim, but passing needs to be better on this team. I thought X struggled a little bit in, in, in passing today. Um, but those two, uh, show you what Indiana can do when you anticipate. I thought Anthony Walker missed a few, uh, in the zone, uh, because he didn't anticipate, uh, that the dunk would be there on the high low or the kick out to the opposite three against the one, three, one zone. Uh, and those things can just be tidied up a little bit, but boy, you have a couple guys in there who really can anticipate, where the openings are. One's going to play a lot, and I'm not sure the other one is, but the other players need to have that kind of anticipation. I thought those were very, very meaningful things that people might have missed. It's those little things in the exhibition game. Again, uh, we're going to talk about Gabe Cups' deflections and his hustle and all of that stuff, uh, but but that breaking the press, all right, come on, bring bring that pressure. Um, I, I, I would trust him in a, in a heartbeat to do the right things. We also saw some of the miscommunications on offense coach that you know we talked about on Thursday when we were previewing this game. And you saw it a couple times with Xavier Johnson and McKenzie Mbako, and it led to both of X's turnovers. Or one time, I think he wanted McKenzie to flare out because he was open for three. Mac didn't, and so X ends up throwing it out of bounds. And then another time, McKenzie had an open lane to the layup, but then flared out, and X thought he was going to go in, uh, if I'm remembering those two plays correctly. And they both led to turnovers. They're like back and, to back to, there was ones where they were back to back, right? Yeah. And, you know, as we, you know, so. So again, you know, you look at those two turnovers for X and those aren't turnovers that concern me. 
that's you know a sixth year point guard and a freshman you know score getting on the same page, and I think they'll have much better chemistry moving forward. So that's the kind of stuff that you see in games like this that I'm not concerned about at all. And they communicated about it, you know, and hopefully they get better for it. All right, guys, let's move on and talk about inside the numbers. And we have a sponsor for this segment. Uh, she was reluctant to do this. I made her do it because if we can use our platform to help her business, then doggone it, we're going to do it. So we're going inside the numbers brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford and Martinsville. You can call 812-339-3334 or visit jacksonhewitt.com. They do awesome work, uh, and we always recommend that you support Megan and her team. Let's talk about some numbers, and you know the first one that that jumps out to me, Coach, is Trey Galloway, three points in twenty five minutes. And Trey Galloway has not been a guy that you know, kind of up until this point in his career, that you care a lot about what's in the stat category, because he's been a guy who has impacted things in other ways. But now that he is stepping into the role of your starting two guard and a lot of the things we heard about him in the offseason in terms of growing, and especially when there's kind of disjointed offense early on, you know, you would hope maybe a fourth year guy can step up and find a way to impact the game from a scoring situation. But three points, one of five from the field, you know, didn't really see him uh, finding opportunities on the perimeter outside of, you know, what we've seen, which is basically a wide open catch and shoot guy and had a few kind of wild floaters in the second half where it looked like he was almost forcing things. Um, You know, Trey has been a guy who has proven himself in big games over and over again. So I'm not at all going to get concerned uh, about what we see against Indianapolis except for the fact that I think it would have been nice and maybe a little bit reassuring to see him step up more as a scorer, especially given how the first half went. But, you know, this may be just a slight indication early in the season that his offense is going to be a little bit up and down, which is what it's been um, for four years. And that's one of the big question marks about this team. We didn't get it answered in an affirmative way from this first public performance out. I don't think Trey's a scorer. I think Trey's a winner. Uh, if, if you're relying on Trey to score, we're in trouble. Uh, he's not going to create his own shot. Um, I thought his shot selection at the rim, again, he dipsy dude some when he didn't have to, uh, but they don't run stuff for Trey. Um, so to sit there and say that he needs to be more aggressive shooting, I, I disagree with because uh, they don't he, they don't run him off screens. He's not a catch and shoot three. He's an inside out uh, three uh, guy. He's going to score in transition. He's going to score when he gets a little zoom action with the pull-up jumper. And it just wasn't there today. When you have as many offensive threats, um, you don't really need him to score. And so he's going to have his days when he has three, five points. If we're expecting 14, you know, double digit points from him to, in order to win, I think, I, I don't think that's the type of player he is. He will get those at times, uh, especially when teams decide to double and then the rotations and the ball gets kicked out. But he really did not have opportunities to score, and I thought he forced a couple shots when he did have a, an attack at the rim where maybe a pass or an extra dribble would have been uh, would have been better. So, yeah, I, I didn't have any problem with, with, with his play today. I, the ball just didn't find him. Um, and there's enough talent on this team where there's going to be a lot of games where it doesn't find him. But I, I don't think he has to score. Um, with, with, with the players that, that, that we have, I, I think he's just got to be that glue guy. And I thought yep. for the most part, he did that today. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I just, yeah, I wasn't disappointed in his play at all. Um, okay. I just thought it was a game that kind of the ball didn't find him today. 
Fair enough. You know, I think the the premise of my point there, Ryan, is really I think there was a hope that he was going to find more varied maybe ways to get involved offensively. Yeah. And that that's my point is we just didn't see it. Now, maybe it comes and maybe to your point, coach, maybe it's not as you know important as some people seem to think. Um but either way, it just it didn't happen today. Your thoughts on, I, on Trey? I, I think that with Trey, as Coach kind of said, if you're relying on him to score big for you, there are a lot bigger problems going on and, and given the talent around him. Now, I, I do think we got a muted version of Trey today. I, I wasn't like, you know, I don't think he played horribly, but I just, he wasn't as assertive or active as we've seen him in the past. And again, first game. You know, everyone trying to find their way, trying to see how they fit on the floor with each other. I don't care how much you practice. Once you get on the game floor, it's completely different. We've talked about that for years. Uh, but yeah, I, I did think it was kind of a muted performance. You didn't see him being very aggressive. Um, I saw some defensive possessions where he looked pretty good. I saw some offensive possessions where he moved around, moved the ball. But you didn't see that consistently. And as a guy who's been in the program for as long as he has, you'd like to see it more consistently. Again, small sample size, uh, as we're going to keep saying throughout these early games, I think, because I do think this is a team and these are players who will look vastly different in a few weeks than they look now. And then a few weeks after that, they'll look even more different. Um, But yeah, I I did think he kind of floated through sections of the game. I didn't think he played poorly, but I just felt like he wasn't as active as we've seen. And it may not have even been an effort thing. It may have just been a kind of trying to figure out where he fits in this whole thing. And so I, I do think for a veteran captain, you want to see more. Um, but I also don't think it's time to, to, to sound alarm bells yet. What? No, it's not time for any alarm bells. No, no, I know. I just mean leg. That's it. But, yeah, no, I, I, I know. And, and I don't mean that people are, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's give us a couple weeks. It'll be a couple weeks before we need to, to start talking about Trey. Yeah, and look, I expect so much change in this offense. I mean, you got guys in new roles, new players playing. So, I mean, I, I'm sure that what we see in I mean, two def- or three weeks is barely going to resemble what we saw today. I mean, defensive communication alone is going to be wildly different in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, you would hope. I mean, let's let's not let's not put the car before the horse. But you would hope that things, you know, small things like that, just guys understanding where each other are on the floor and and playing together and just general on court chemistry are going to be wildly different. It's not last season where you had a lot of returning knowns, you know, this year, there's so many unknowns and so many, so much of it is how do these guys fit together? How do they play together? All of that. We've talked about that all off season, uh, probably too much. I mean, you probably beat a dead horse there, but at the same time, it is a monumental truth to this season that these guys are all being thrown together and, and we don't know how they're going to play together. Yeah. Coach, in terms of other numbers, we talked about rebounding on Thursday night when we were previewing it. The rebounding was okay. I mean, Indiana gave up 10 offensive rebounds. It wasn't a dominant rebounding performance. You know, Indiana still led uh, in rebounds, but, you know, certainly I think there are some fundamental things there that can be cleaned up. And I did think it was better in the second half. But the number that really stands out to me is 16 blocks plus steals. You know, one of our hypotheses for this season is, look, there are probably going to be some games where things look ugly and it's a little bit disjointed, but because of the athleticism and length, that's going to help get Indiana by on some nights when maybe the offense isn't clicking or not everything is there. And that's what we saw. You know, Kalel Ware gets a couple of blocks. McKenzie Mbako with a block and two steals. Anthony Walker had two blocks and a steal or whatever it was. And so you saw Indiana, even at times when things were disjointed, just able to cause problems with the length and attention and just able to get deflections. 
And so that to me is something when you look at the box score that that stands out uh, and that hopefully is something Indiana is going to be able to rely on this season because that's how you help make up for a disjointed offensive possession or a missed block out. And Indiana did this a couple times, you know, missed a block out. McKenzie and Baco went and blocked a shot and it led to transition going the other way. Um, and so those are some of the little things that Indiana is probably going to need to do to manufacture wins on some nights when the offense isn't flowing. Yeah, I thought uh, the disruption that Indiana caused in the second half with their defensive effort was fantastic. Their hands were really, really active without fouling. Um, Gabe Cups was doing that, and Baco was doing that. You had the rim protection there. The overall numbers, again, exhibition, right? Um, you know, I don't think that is the telltale sign more than the activity. Uh, they were really locked in on taking. Uh, what they wanted to do defensively to uh, U of Indy. That is, that is something that, again, you're going to win games when your offense is not working uh, by having that kind of effort uh, defensively. But I, I, thought, I, I thought several guys were very active um, in, in getting their hands on the ball. Uh, and, and then that created offense on the other end too. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the length was something to be happy about. Uh, and, and really we're also talking about the six, two backup point guard who doesn't have much length, uh, was just a, what we call annoying that, you know, one of those players that you see on these really good teams that no one likes, um, uh, because they're just all over the place and they're in your grill and then they hit a shot and then they dive on the floor. And, um, so I, I think, that is what Coach Woodson, one of the best things Coach Woodson has done is brought back a defensive mentality. The defense struggled a little bit last year, fell in the stats um, area, but I, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, for this team with its youth and trying to fit together, uh, you got to get it done on the defensive end first before the, the offense really takes off. But I thought you saw signs of what Indiana defense could be uh, in those situations. Any other numbers, gentlemen, that jump out that you want to make note of? 11 Ryan, you want, you want to toss out some more meaningless plus minus stats? Yeah. Uh, Peyton Sparks plus nine. Um, <laughs> no, I <don't. laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think I just think the biggest to reiterate is three of 10 from three, 11 of 20 from the free throw line. Those numbers have to get better. I mean, again, first game, everything, but those, those, those have to be better. Shot making is going to be something going forward we need to keep our eye on, too. Yep. But think about this. Three guys – well, add add uh, C.J. Gunn with eight points. Like, I didn't think Ware was super effective, and he gets 14, right? Yeah. We knew. You said wasn't really super effective yep. at closing and gets 12. And, again, yep. the numbers, exhibition, we're going to say that, too. But there there's some efficiency inside the inefficiency. Like, they're not For zero, sure. some bottom. There are right? things and they the did well. And for improvement. Yes. Um, yeah. So you have guys that – weren't confident, but CJ Gunn had eight points um, and, and was looking to be aggressive. So as that gets flushed out, then the offense is going to get better and better and better and better just from that confidence standpoint, just from feeling comfortable if you're where. He didn't feel look like he was comfortable offensively and where to go or what to do until he got a couple dunks in that second half. But that three, really three guys who me. scored almost all double figures, we would say probably didn't have – very efficient or hardworking games, and yet they did some things defensively and they did some things offensively. That's a sign to tell. And then ten agree guys wholeheartedly. I, I just think d- just exciting to see that you could have an average game and still impact the game. Completely um, agree, Coach. Just one thing on that is is I completely agree. And inside they were able to do a lot inside the three point line. I just think moving forward we need to see that balance out. 
as and you know that I know I'm not I'm totally not telling agree. anything you don't know. It just needs to balance out because they're going to face teams with as much length and size as they have, or at least close, and, and they're going to need. So that's that's what you monitor going forward, and I think you need to take advantage of the practice nature of these games to sort of get what your real offense is going to be. I mean, it's, it's great. You're right. It's great that those guys are so talented that even when they had off games, they can give you a big contribution, but at the same time, you want to see them be able to do more, maybe even in the exhibition more than they're going to have to do in the regular season and come back down. They got a long way to go. I think offensively long yet had that. That's my point. Like, yeah, you know, you're right. Offensively and still were able to do some things. Uh, how many points did we get in transition today? Fast break points, 28 for Indiana. And that's one of the other things. When the half-court offense is struggling, get out in transition, get yourself some easy buckets, and Indiana was able to do that, uh, especially there in the second half. Okay, coming up here on the Assembly Call, we're going to hand out our game balls and our Hoosier Hustle Award. We'll discuss a few lingering questions and then look ahead to what Indiana has coming up. After that, that's next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Thomas Bryant. What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Thomas. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips. We are breaking down Indiana's victory over the University of Indianapolis. And as side note, side note yes. before we get into this, Thomas yes. Bryant. One of the better memes going around the internet right now after Victor Wemadyama dunked on him. It's uh, the the puzzled look on his face is what I think is going to happen a lot to people yes. who play that guy. <laughs> yes, I think that is definitely true. Definitely true. All right, time now for our game balls presented for the second year in a row by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. As we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes. Contact Bloom Environmental today, mention the assembly call, and get a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. All right, game balls. Let's go around the horn, gents. Uh, Coach, you go first. Who gets your game ball? I think the game ball's got to go to Mbako. 14 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, no turnovers, and and really a bounce back from a you know a so-so first half to what I thought was a dominant second half. Uh, I think the rest of the guys didn't quite measure up to to that, and I know we're probably going to give Mbako a lot of those uh, because he's he's Indiana's best player, but uh, if you're going to st- stats, um, the other two that could mention, I think, are really good game uh, hustle award uh, that impacted the game uh, in the first half that got the game going in the right direction. Um, but yeah, Mbako for me, I-, I just thought those stat lines and what he did in the second half um, was the difference. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's Mbako. I mean, production matters, you know, and he produced and right. really bounced back. But hold on a second. You said this, and I think Ryan said it earlier, Mbako's our best player. Like, you guys are just stating it like it's fact. He's the most talented player, but 
you know, he is the best basketball player. I'm not saying he'll put up the best numbers or have the best season, but he's the best basketball player on the team. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Skill wise, talent wise, the way he approaches the game, his comfort level. Again, not saying he's going to put up the best numbers, but if you had to line up and pick who is the best basketball player on this group, it's him. And and that's not a you'd expect that. Look at his pedigree. I mean, so I know you're going to say Xavier Jones. It's no, I mean, I think I think it's an interesting discussion. Um, you know, because I think he's a freshman. I certainly think he has the most potential, and you might say the most skilled. You know, but to say best player I guess right dep- now, day depends. one as a freshman. I just want to clarify what we're saying. That's depends all. on what your definition is. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're talking about the saying. best pure basketball player, it's him. You know, and and you can yep. add in upside talent, like what you know, throw that all in there. If you're who's going to be the best college basketball player this season, he may not be that. It may be Xavier Johnson, or okay. know, maybe Kalo Ware steps up, or Malik Renew. But I just pure basketball player. It's it's him. He just has this sense about him and I've it showed up on his high school tape and I and it has transitioned so far obviously he just has a sense about him in the game and a calmness in his game and he just he's very comfortable in a basketball court and then you add in the skill as well and it's he's he's in, he's going to be an incredible player he can certainly do the most things I don't think yes, there's any I question there no question. I'm assuming he gets your game ball yes uh, yeah the other observation about him is and we knew this, he's not the most fluid athlete. He's not the bounciest athlete. But what what was really noticeable in the second half is he can make up for it when he's locked in, down in a stance, hands active, eyes active. Anticipation. He can still be a a very good defensive player. He's a Um, very high basketball IQ. And I I would say, I actually do think he's pretty smooth. He's just not an elite athlete. I think, yes. you know, that next, but I think that his motions when he gets the ball and he, he catches it and gets ready to go or whatever is very smooth. There's not a lot of mechanical. It's a you know, deceptive it mechanical. first step. Yes. On his drives. 100%. It looks slow, but it's not. It's a very effective first step when he shot fakes and goes. The you only know. guys who are going to give him trouble, I think, def- when he's off playing offense and defense are, are other NBA guys. I don't think a great college player will trouble him much. I mean, he's a freshman. So that may happen occasionally just because of the nature of being a freshman. But as far as just being straight up, I, I don't think, you know, a, a high level college player is going to give him much trouble. Okay. Very nice. Uh, all right. And you know what time it is now. Time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. The Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leo, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either. But it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sang you. Thanks, Anthony. Anthony got himself some time out there. Maybe a nominee for Hoosier Hustle Award. Ryan, you go first. Who gets your Hoosier Hustle Award? This was tough. I actually had it 
down between two guys very closely, but I'm going to give it to Anthony Walker. He played more minutes. That was the definitive between he and Gabe Cups. He played more minutes. Gabe Cups is going to get plenty of these, I think, over the next four years, assuming assuming we're still around in four years. Uh, he's going to get a lot of these. Uh, but uh, Anthony Walker took mine today. I loved his energy off the bench. Coach? I'm going to second that. It was the same two down to the same two for me. Tight. Um, it's very, very tight. And, and going with Gabe Cups would not be an incorrect choice, but uh, and just loved what Anthony Walker did uh, today from a pure out hustle. Uh, yeah. So both of those guys are deserving, and we're not going to split it in, in game one. So I, I'm going to go with Walker as well. Nope, I'm going Walker as well. I, I didn't even think it was that difficult of a choice. 22 minutes, and just the production matters. Again, six points, three boards, three assists, a block, two steals. And what I really like, Coach, is I thought he struggled a bit in the zone offense a couple of possessions and then bounced right back, made some quicker decisions, You know, found a way to be productive there, didn't get frustrated, which is exactly what you would expect from a veteran. Uh, and that was yeah. nice to see from him as well. And his struggles didn't result necessarily – maybe one turnover or, or one play where it didn't work out. It just wasn't the most efficient use of, of that high-low zone action when you get the ball in the, in the high post. But he was, uh, he was switching effectively uh, on defense. He was, he was over in help defensively. I thought he, he just moved caused the basketball. trouble. Yeah, he was – yeah. Um, that's one of those where you're watching an exhibition game, whether he had the stats or not, and you're like, okay, I can see this guy getting some meaningful minutes uh, in the Big Ten because of, of what he's bringing as a veteran presence who's been in tournaments and won big games, been to the Final Four. You could just tell that, that you know, we got some winners on the bench. Yes. Sparks, add Sparks with what he did when he first came in, uh, too. Um, so that's probably the most pleasing thing overall for me is I don't, I don't know if the depth is going to materialize to win a whole lot of stuff, but they're going to, they're going to be some energy dudes coming off that bench. If the starters don't, don't get off to a good start, that bench will come in and, and light people up and, and get Indiana going really, really impressed with those three guys off the bench from an energy perspective. Ryan, quick note on Gabe. Yeah. I, I just, cause he didn't get it. I, I, he's going to, he might possibly be the guy that generates the most individual cheers out of the crowd this year, Gabe Cups. I mean, it's, you know, just getting down in the stance and getting after it and getting in people's way and, you know, all that. I mean, the crowd went nuts for him a couple times today, and I don't expect that to end anytime soon. I don't, we obviously don't know how he's going to hold up uh, to a very long, what's going to be a very tough season as far as physically, given the opponents on the, on the, um, the schedule. But I, what I love about Cups is he is completely game for it. You could just see from the minute he came in the game, he's like, I'm going to do something here. I'm, you know, it's, I'm not letting this come to me. I'm going to go make something happen. And I love that attitude. And, and I have a feeling while he didn't win today, I have a feeling that guy's going to, going to maybe set the record for hustle awards in a four year, four year career. Hmm, it's possible. It's possible. By the way, quick note, Caleb Banks did not play. Uh, he has a lingering groin issue. From everything I've been told, he probably could have if it was a regular season yeah, game. It appears I don't so. think it's that bad, but they're just holding him out uh, out of precaution. All right, let's hit a couple lingering questions. Ryan, do you need to bounce or do you want to hang with us for a few minutes? I do. I need to get uh, NFL Sunday, folks. Got to gotta get, get moving, but uh, this was fun. Thank you, everybody, for showing up. We had a lot of people here for a Sunday exhibition. Uh, not that we expect anything less from our listeners, but uh, we, we appreciate it nonetheless. 
Yes, we probably would have had a lot more here if the first half had continued uh, as it was going. <laughs> I think I think maybe because we would have played well, the show would have had a much different tenor, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, particularly just from one of the three guys here, and I won't say who. Just yes. a tad, just a tad. All right, man. All enjoy right. the rest Later, of your Sunday. Uh, okay, couple quick lingering questions. Um, actually, I have one, and then Chat Mob. If you guys have some lingering questions you want us to discuss, put it in. Uh, we'll see if we take one there. You know, Coach. My lingering question coming out of this one, it goes back to the backcourt scoring. And again, I think you made some great points about Trey Galloway. And if you're relying on Trey Galloway to score, you know, that's really not the role he's played here. And I guess my point in bringing it up is the way that this roster is set up, and especially early in the season when you're having some struggles, it does feel like there may be some moments where we need Trey to score a little bit more than he has. And so I guess that's that's why I made the point that I did about him not getting going offensively. But you look at X and Trey. And I thought they did some really good things defensively, you know, but 12 points on four of 11 shooting, you know, X only gets two three pointers. He's by far the most reliable three point shooter on the roster. And so, you know, we didn't see a lot of him and Gabe cups together, which I think we're expecting to see a little bit more of, and maybe that helps free him up for some more offense. But this to me is something to track. You know, it's difficult to win in college basketball if you can't get consistent production from your backcourt. And that's not always been the number one thing we've looked at from X and Trey. But you're probably going to need more from them than 12 points. Um, And so I'm not saying that necessarily we saw good or bad today. But it is something I'm going to be tracking because to beat good teams, we're going to need more assertiveness and effectiveness from those guys as scorers uh, as this season goes on. It's just the nature of how this roster is built, I think. You're going to get me in trouble with Bob Thompson again. Uh, but I, I agree wholeheartedly um, with you. But that's not how Mike Woodson has run his offense. Uh, you know, Trey Galloway started a lot of games last year once X went down and – they didn't run. He got he got threes because they double teamed Trace, and the ball yes. got kicked out, and he shot. And you can go to the stats on on his you know percentage of his shots on kickouts. They don't run staggered doubles for shooters. Uh, they put their shooters in the corner. That's just Mike Woodson's belief. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. That's what they're going to do. Uh, they run a little floppy action at, at at times, but that's more to get the ball into the post. Um, so I, I don't know yet if that is part of the package. We can't make yeah. a decision or a judgment just on game one, but we didn't see any of that. So my question is, I agree with you. You you want your two guard to hit shots and 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 uh, uh you know come off a screen, catch and shoot three, dagger at the end when you're you know up four and in the last minute and. You know, we talked off season about UConn, a big shot that the young man from UConn hit in the championship game. Uh, but Trey's not that guard. Uh, Trey is a glue guy, drive and kick, get to the rim, transition, defensive two guard. That's where Mbako is that guy, where you're going to try to get him shots. But we run a pro offense, which is a you're going to get threes on kickouts and post doubles. Uh, we're not going to run sets right now for shooters. Um, and until we see it, I don't know that we will see it. So I don't know how you're going to get scoring from guards other than, you know, X hit a three today on what a kick out, kick out, right? Uh, X he needs more of those opportunities, sh- you know? Yeah. But that also depends on the defense double teaming, right? So if you think you can go man up on, on renew, then you're going to stay out on those three points. You're not going to see it as much. Like they had to double team all except Illinois and and I think Michigan State once against Trace Jackson Davis when he went off for forty. 
Um, but that's the game that's played in the NBA, and that's Mike Woodson's M.O., and, and he won games. And so we have to appreciate that to, to sit here and say Trey's got to score in an offense which isn't designed for your two-guard to score. Um, it, it's a tough ask um, for us as, as fans and commentators. Um, his job in this in this you know if he gets 10 or 12 it's kickouts and fast break layups that's how he's going to score but do i think eventually you you know you're going to see it with McNeely if he's a two coming in you get some guards that are are more that way um you i think you need a guy that can break someone down stop pop and score i don't think x is that guy uh x is a kickout or an at the rim guard you have two of those guys two kickout guards or at the rim guards and then we got two fives on the floor that need to score for the most part at the rim. It's the third year of we got a lot of scoring that has to happen at the rim in order for Indiana to be efficient. Um, hopefully that changes from my perspective. And you can still win basketball games that way. I'm not saying it, it – I'm, I'm not coming at that as a negative. I'm just telling you that's what the team is uh, until we uh, find that, that consistent threat. Uh, the last lingering question here that we'll talk about because several people, you know, put it in the chat mob, you know, Quang, where's, uh, Kalel, where's effort, you know, nervous about the miss bunnies, uh, you know, Kathy, where's motor. I don't, you know, look, I think this is just going to be an ongoing question all season and I don't think you got answers. I mean, I think Kalel's, you know, the motor, um, you know, wasn't quite revved up to full speed at the beginning of the game, but I don't think anybody's was, <laughs> you know, I think, and I think it was a combination of just, you know, it's a, it's an early Sunday tip time. It's an opponent. You're not that excited about the offense is a little disjointed. You Indy probably punched them in the mouth a little bit more defensively than they thought. I just, I thought there was a lot of stuff kind of mixed up in the stew in the first half. And then I think to their credit, they came back and, you know, punched you Indy in the second half and Kalel got going. And look, I don't, you know, you want to see from him what you saw in the second half, which as we mentioned earlier is get your opportunities, go up strong and finish them, you know? And, you know, so it's just going to be a lingering question. I don't think we got an answer to it one way or the other, except it's, it was nice to see him and a lot of the other guys flip a switch mid game and get going there in the second half. But, you know, I don't think we can take very much more from it after one Sunday afternoon exhibition performance. He, he, um, he lacked a little physicality down low. He was getting pushed around by you, Indy. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, whether that was, again, what you said, just kind of getting into the game and not having your, you know, I see legs ready for the new environment or whatever. Um, but but he was he was getting pushed around a little bit. So I think he needs, you know, Cliff Marshall and him have to do a little more, more work over time. Um, but, again, is that going to happen all the time or is that just the, the first half of which all of Indiana did not look very – in tune to the game. So yeah. we just got to keep watch it, watch on it. Um, I, I, I wasn't impressed with his body language early. I thought again, like in Baco, he had a much better second half closing out on defense. I like to see that. I know a guy's locked in when you're up 12 or 13 and you're a big and you closed out on a baseline shooter. That told me a lot about the young man right there. As far as motor that he has it inside him. Now it's got to be a 40 minute thing, right? Um, not just in the second half when coach Woodson got mad at everybody. So, um, the young man has it in him. He has talent. He had 14 points and seven, six, seven rebounds, eight rebounds, something like that. Uh, that's what I said. He was, he, he was efficient inside of his inefficiency, uh, today, which my goodness, if, if that gets to be 40 minutes, look out and there's a long season. I mean, it's early and we're all trying to, you know, look at this and look at that. But, um, for the most part, it was an acceptable performance from, from the young man with it. 
just like everybody with a lot of room to grow. And he probably has the most mechanically sound looking three point shot on our team. I mean, he looked, he looked good shooting it. He, he and Mbako, really. I thought, you know, Mbako missed some shots, but he's got a really nice release. You know, he's got a confident shot. Um, you know, whereas again, I thought CJ kind of pulled back a little bit and struggled with his mechanics. Um, McKenzie's were very consistent. I, I, I really believe his shot is going to translate. Um, even if he missed a few today, I was so happy to see him hit that one late. We got enough guys whose form and stuff, we got to let them shoot. And and then we got to tell people too, when you drive and the help is there, there are three point shooters that are open. I mean, you know, we have... We don't have to drive every closeout. If a closeout's short, rise up and and knock down that three. Um, you know, and, and again, if that becomes a habit, game ten, game eleven, where we're catching on a three point line and redriving every kick out, then you know that's being emphasized. Um, that it's it's an emphasis of this team to get twos over threes, and we'll we'll cross that path when it gets there. But you have enough guys now that can hit those threes, and it is a big part of the college game. Uh, we need to be able to find them, uh, and, and don't feel like you got to be superstar at the rim over two people with a running floater off the glass. Cause you got in the lane. If, if, if you're in that situation there, there's openings and there was a play at the end. Oh, it was when Ware hit his three, the ball went in, it hit the corner. There were three and one passes around the perimeter and Ware hits the three that's college basketball. Indiana yep. has that. We just need to keep doing it more and more and more. Yep. Well said. Okay, so here's what's coming up. We will have Assembly Call Radio on Thursday. There's no game between now and then. And then Indiana plays their second exhibition game against Marion on Friday. I'll be away at my dad-daughter campout, but Coach will be here. I think Andy will be here for that post-game show. And I think that's certainly one where you want to see 40 minutes of more consistent basketball, you know, come out early. I don't think Marion's as good as Indianapolis. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I think, I don't think they're quite as good. Um, So you'd really like to see Indiana come out and establish themselves early, kind of win that one going away. And then I think you can feel a little bit better maybe about what you saw today. Um, But that is what is coming up. And then the season tips off officially uh, next Tuesday. Uh, when Indiana faces Florida Gulf Coast in the Bill Garrett game, where they're going to honor Bill Garrett. So that is what is coming up. We'll, of course, be here live immediately following every game. It's what we do. Exhibitions, regular season, tournament, whatever it is, uh, we will be here for you. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use that promo code HOME23 at checkout to get 15% off your first order. That's HOME23 for 15% off your first order. Coach, last call. Final thoughts on Indiana's first exhibition game of the season. Well, we want to avoid first half Indiana, and we want more of second half Indiana. And understanding that this is still a work in progress for all these guys uh, to figure out how to play, and Coach Woodson to figure out lineups. You saw different, a lot of different lineup combinations, and all of that. That's why you play these exhibition games, and that's why you, you know, um, you have film and 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 you learn from it. But the second half was very, very uplifting and encouraging from a bunch of individual perspectives and from a team perspective and kudos to coach for for lighting them up at, at, at halftime i wish i was in there because it, it probably was really 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 solid um and you if you're going to play a, a better half you want the, the second half to be better than the first half oh uh, so um yeah overall positive uh i was worried when i went upstairs at halftime of what the you know what the tenor of the show would be uh but i i'm pretty pleased a, a lot of things to look forward to 
Yeah, I mean, look, I, I enjoy having this additional game worth of data now to you know kind of assess these players. I walk away from this game feeling exactly about this team how I thought, which is it's going to struggle early. There's going to be some times where it's probably a little bit ugly, but when they get it going, because of the athleticism, because of the talent, it can look really good, and they can get on big runs, and that's what we saw in the second half. So I just think this was kind of a microcosm of the team that we expect to see through the first six to eight weeks. And we're going to have to keep reminding ourselves of that coach. You know, I think with as tough as Indiana's non-conference schedule is, I'm really not going to be worried about style points. Just go find ways to win these games. You can worry, I think, about style points and is this looking better and is, you know, are things smoother as we get into January and February and March when you hope to have a team that is really clicking on all cylinders to make a tournament run, can win some different ways right now. Man, just go grind out wins however you can against a really tough schedule while working through some clear just chemistry and cohesion type things. Nothing bad, just the type of thing that can take a while to build when you're replacing this much production. Um, But you saw the talent, you saw the length, you saw the athleticism. On a lot of nights, that's going to be enough to win. It was tonight. Um, And so I walk away feeling good about that, but having a lot of the same questions that we had coming into today. And we'll watch on Friday night and see if we get any closer uh, to getting some of those questions answered. Probably not because it's an exhibition game, um, but we'll be here and we will learn what we can. And we look forward to doing it with you uh, after Indiana plays Marion. All right, that is going to do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. Uh, And don't forget to go to assemblycall.substack.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. Special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening and being here live with us. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you Thursday and Friday of next week. Until then. Take it from me, Anthony Leo. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Shoot the ball. That's right, Andy. Shoot the ball. (laughs) Uh, Andy will be here Thursday. He'll give his thoughts. uh, Assembly call radio Thursday night. Find out uh, what Andy has to say about the game. All right, coach. First one in the books. One down. Good to be talking basketball again. It is good to be talking basketball again. You know, we work out some kinks on the postgame show, get back into the rhythm. It's exhibition season for all of us. So. Got to figure out how to work together again. That's right. And get the game plan going. The new sponsors. That's right. It's all new. It's got to right. got to have some time to to work out. Got to get I, you know. No, I know. And look, you know, I I looked at the run sheet today. I was like, man, that's a lot of sponsors. And I get it. And I you know I appreciate everybody kind of bearing with us on that. You know, some of these are paid sponsors, and just to be frank, some of them aren't. Some of them are just friends that, you know, we want to support their business. Um, But all of these, you know, every single person that we have sponsoring the show is an audience member, you know, someone who's meant a lot to us. And so it's really important for us if we can use our platform to, you know, help someone's business and it, it makes sense. Uh, we want to do that. So I know that, you know, take some time away from, you know, from your listening, but just know, you know, these are, these are our people. These are your people, um, good businesses to support. Um, and so that's why we're taking a little bit more time, uh, this season in the show to do those. Um, but you know, they're meaningful and they're part of why we do this. So that is why we're doing that. Okay. Coach, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and, uh, all right. You too. We'll talk soon. Bye everybody. All righty. Have a good day. See y'all.